0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this first episode of Stochastic Harmonies. My name is Austin Sun, and I'm a software engineer living in Seattle. I chose this name for the podcast since I don't plan on having any centralized theme. Hence the randomness, but just plan on hosting a variety of friends and guests that I'll hopefully make for some interesting conversations. This first episode is with Hunter Biggie, my good childhood friend who is a former baseball player at Harvard University and was drafted by the Chicago Cubs in twenty nineteen, where he's currently playing under. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you all enjoy. Hey, Hunter. Thanks so much for joining today.
1: Thanks for having me, young Sonny.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you coming. Super pumped to have you here. Um, to kick things off, you mind giving a short intro about yourself and what you've been up to the past few years?
1: Definitely. So, currently, I am in Mesa, Arizona, rehabbing a hip injury that... I sustained recently. I was drafted by the Chicago Cubs in the 2019 Major League Baseball draft, and so I've been playing pro baseball for the past couple of years.
0: Awesome, awesome. Um, cool, cool. Yeah. So to dive into some of the topics I wanted to talk to, um, one was preparation. So I know you played baseball pretty much your whole life, and yeah, I guess went through whole routine, practice, games, and whatnot as a kid. Um, pretty curious. I guess do you have a specific point in your life where you kind of realize that, okay, this is, I guess, where, okay, I have, I do have a shot of making it to the big, to cut out everything else and make baseball my number one priority and just kind of devote every day to training and prepping for your future there.
1: Yeah, so my freshman year of high school, uh, I was lucky enough to able to throw the baseball pretty hard and that's when i knew that i'd be able to play baseball in college and that kind of led to me taking baseball a little bit more seriously throughout high school i was lucky enough to get an offer to play baseball at harvard my junior year of high school but i still was never all in on baseball i still played football in high school because i just generally love playing sports um The moment where I realized that I could play professional baseball was probably when I spent a summer in Duluth, Minnesota, in the Northwoods League, and my fastball velocity went up a lot, and I was getting some attention from scouts, and it became clear that if I continued on the track I was on, I would get drafted and be able to play pro baseball, which has been a dream of mine my whole life. So that that summer, probably after my sophomore year of college, is when I really started digging into baseball, I'd say.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: Thanks so much for sharing there. Um,
0: and then after that, um, yeah, so I guess pretty much actually starting at the high school level athletes for pretty much all sports, I guess I would say work hard where yeah, they spend many hours a day working on their game. But to me, I think how some of the top athletes separate themselves is not just working hard, but working smart and working consistently. I, at any point did, out maybe specialized trainers or trainers of a certain sort to especially refine certain parts of your craft and what kind of led you to that?
1: Definitely yeah in high school and college I kind of found that if I could simply just put in more hours than other people then I would be able to be a relatively successful baseball player but when I got to pro ball it kind of became clear that everybody was pretty much dedicating all of their time to baseball. And so that's kind of when I think the, the focus and how you train uh, makes a much bigger difference than simply working hard. Um, Yeah. Like I said, when I was in Duluth, I had the pleasure of playing under some really good coaches and they taught me a lot about the human body and how to maximize uh, my body to throw the baseball as hard as I can and stay healthy and, just be a great baseball player in general. Um, uh, A guy I worked with named Alex Simone, he interned with another guy named Eric Cressy, who's kind of a big name in the baseball community. And I've taken a lot of his principles and in terms of weightlifting and conditioning and stuff like that to make sure my body is in uh, peak condition at all times, I'd say. Um, Another big thing that helped me play baseball a lot better was just sleeping better in general. I'm a big... just kind of grind through things to until they are, uh, until they're pretty much complete. And that led to me not sleeping as much as I think I should have been in college and not taking care of my body as well as I could. And once I kind of started sleeping well and eating better, I got a lot better at baseball. So yeah, I think Eric Cressy's workout principles and then just eating and sleeping better were two big things for me.
0: Cool. So This next question kind of relates heavily on an analogy to basketball, but I guess specifically about the metagame of sports. So for basketball, kind of the example i use is if I just show up to my local college or uh, gym like pickup run, I guess typically I'd say do pretty well, able to drive, shoot, get around pretty easily. But then say, I guess some platoon of like big athletic dudes come on 6'3 to 6'5, I'm reduced, I guess my, my, my value on the court is reduced a good amount where I have to know my skill sets limitations pretty well, and then kind of stick to those, maybe whether it's being like only a spot-up shooter or bringing up the ball and then going off screens for spot-up shots. So do you notice anything like this when you transition from high school to college, college to pros, where you had to adapt and specifically kind of play your strengths and kind of morph into a different player than you were at a previous level?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. The first thing that comes to mind is is pitching. I think that there have been points in my career where I was able to throw hard enough that the opposing team just couldn't really keep up with the velocity that they are facing. But as you get up to higher levels, pretty much everybody can hit any velocity and you need to start uh, focusing on where you're throwing the ball more. Um, that's I think that's something that, like, every pitcher encounters. Um, I haven't, like, quite gotten to the level of looking at hitting hitters scouting reports and seeing like where their weak zones are and like throwing to those locations but for me a lot of it is just staying out of the middle of the plate and being able to tunnel my pitches with one another um and what that means is some pitches look similar coming out of the hand for example my high fastball and my curveball look very similar coming out of my hand so being able to lay those one after the other makes it a lot harder for the hitter to pick them up. So being able to go high fastball, then a curveball, then another high fastball to a hitter makes it a lot harder for the hitter to hit than throwing like three fastballs in a row right down the middle. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the first meta game thing that, that comes to mind, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, it
0: does. And, yeah, I mean, I guess for myself in basketball, and I'm sure many other athletes have kind of discovered little, nuances or craftiness in a game that I guess might not, where where they might be physically limited, but then uh, being able to add in this little twist that can, I guess, how how can I achieve their goal in whatever action that they're doing? Um, Yeah, awesome. Um, Cool, so transitioning a little bit. So pretty much every major athlete and professional athlete through their long career has gone through some low points, whether it be injury, bad stretches of game, disconnect from a team or whatnot. would love to hear about any experience or two that you've experienced and kind of how you put yourself mentally and got back into your best performing state.
1: Yeah. I'd say I right now, I honestly feel like I'm in a pretty big setback right now. And I'm trying to get back to my, my peak level Mm -hmm. of performance. I I hurt my back Mm -hmm. as well. Senior year of high school. Um, which like, forced me to miss my senior year of baseball, which was super tough on me. And I don't know if I handled it as well as I should have. I, I probably didn't go about rehabbing it as well as I could have. And it like led to me taking a couple of years to get back to what I can be as a baseball player. Um, but right now, I, so I came out to spring training a few months ago and I was feeling the best I'd ever felt. And my first outing back from COVID, I tore my labrum in my left hip which was like a big blow for me i thought i was gonna have to get surgery i've been rehabbing it for about two months now and i think i'm pretty close to 100 percent with my hip but it's still something that kind of haunts me in the back of my mind um whenever i go through injuries like this or setbacks i kind of just try and take it one day at a time which is a lot easier to say than actually do um but most of it is just kind of trusting what my trainers are telling me and making sure that I go about my rehab every single day and know that, like, the small things I do on a given day, when I do them for a few months in a row, are going to add up to to become bigger things. And so, for me, I kind of just try and make my mindset a lot smaller and just focus on winning each and every day and not focus on, on the long term at all. Um, and so- that, yeah. I'd say that's kind of been my main strategy for, for dealing with a specific setback because it's easy to get get down on yourself and, and think that you're you're falling behind other people, um, even though that's kind of out of your control at this point.
0: Hmm. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, can definitely kind of relate to some of those things you said there. And yeah, super stoked. You're, you're nearly injury recovered and yeah, we'll be joining the team super shortly. So stoked for that. Um, Cool. cool. Uh, So yeah, one thing that you mentioned earlier was your experience spending a summer in Duluth, just grinding and yeah, playing baseball all day, uh, pretty much all seven days of the week. Um, yeah, I guess it was kind of, it was pretty impressive to me since I remember just texting and you always mentioning about your eight hour bus rides and whatnot from Wednesday to the next, and then just trying to read and still stay sharp in other aspects of your life there. Um, but, yeah, would love to hear about, I guess, you explaining uh, the kind of experience of that and what you took away and felt
1: from it. Yeah, man. The, the Northwoods was quite the experience. And I bet if you talk to any other baseball player who's playing that league, they'll, they'll agree with me. It's a lot of grueling bus rides. We had to go from Duluth, Minnesota to, uh, to Bismarck, North Dakota one night. And you basically are just sleeping on a bus. You get back and you have to show up at the field at 3 p.m. the next day for another game. And, yeah, the Northwoods is, is a grind. It really gave me a lot of time to think and read and get a lot better at baseball. Um, yeah, my main takeaways from that were that I love playing baseball and that pro baseball is kind of what I wanted to do with my life at that stage. Um, and it also gave me a lot of time to reflect on, like, my time in college and I think develop – a lot as a person and that's like another time where when you have 36 games in a row and no off days it's easy to to look up and think about how far you have to go before you kind of get a break to to chill out a little bit or see your family
0: yeah man super glad you're able to have that isolated experience to just focus on baseball do some introspection and figure out where your true goals were now transitioning to a couple non-baseball topics so knowing that you studied freaking physics in college as a d1 athlete physics in my book for reference is one of the hardest majors that one can do in college and yeah knowing that you not only did the major but push yourself to excel in it um yeah curious to hear about why you initially chose it maybe some favorite courses some other majors or areas that you dabbled in and then things that excited you from being involved in this various coursework?
1: Yeah, for sure. I I think I studied physics because, one, we had the same physics teacher in high school, Mr. Burns. He was an outstanding physics teacher, and he made the subject that a lot of people think is really boring seem really fun, and he was able to convey it to us in like a super relatable way, and in a way that made me kind of fall in love with it. I also took a computer science class in high school, which I really loved, had another great teacher for that. And I've always been sort of like an analytically inclined person. So going into college, I knew that I was going to study something that involved numbers. Um, Harvard is a liberal arts college. And so you can't really study anything that you'd actually go on to do in real life, if that makes sense. Like you can't study accounting at Harvard. You have to study physics, history, English, math, like the the classic subjects, I guess. Um, And so I was kind of deciding between... Um, physics, economics, and computer science my freshman year. And I took the introductory EC class, introductory CS class, and introductory physics class. And I walked away from econ thinking that it was good that I studied, like, the intro (laughs) layer of it, but I didn't really have any interest in digging too much deeper into it. CS, I... Thought that it would honestly be too hard, so I like I th- I think computer science is, is a harder major than physics, Austin. So you might have me beat on that. Um, I, I I saw all the computer science majors staying up all night working on working on P sets and stuff like that, and I decided that that wasn't going to be for me, and so physics was kind of the last one standing, which is why I I chose to do it. Sweet, yeah,
0: and then I guess also knowing that after college, uh, I guess kind of during the COVID period. You worked at a startup called Column um, post-grad, I, I guess, post-Harvard. Uh, very curious to, to hear about the things you worked on there. And then from that, what, what things excited you for, I guess, in your potential post-baseball
1: career? Yeah, Column was awesome. Really enjoyed that experience. I, so COVID hit and the baseball season got canceled last year. And I was kind of sitting around my house thinking what I was going to do with the next year of my life. And I just threw my name into a Harvard alumni email list saying hey I'm like a senior and I'm looking for a job and the CEO of column his name is Jake Seaton he reached out to me I talked to him for 20 minutes thought he was a super smart guy and wanted to learn more about the company and he asked me if I wanted to intern for them that summer and I said absolutely I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing anything else why not work with a team of really smart people um, and so that's kind of how I ended up interning there column is a marketplace for like a digital marketplace for these specific type of legal advertisements in newspapers called public notices. And they're required in all 50 states. Um, I knew nothing about public notice before I joined Column. (laughs) Um, And so an example of like a time that you need to file a public notice is, say you wanna change your name, you need to file a public notice in your newspaper of record and it's an advertisement, so the newspaper makes money from it. And with all the advertising dollars kind of flowing to digital mediums like Facebook and Google, newspapers are seeing public notices make up a increasingly higher proportion of their net revenue. And so these are very important for newspapers to stay in business. And Jake Seaton's family was in the newspaper industry for a while, and he kind of saw that public notices were becoming increasingly important. And there's also been some legislative push to take them out of newspapers, and that would be removing a vital revenue stream. And so he wanted to create a platform that made it super easy for people to file these legal notices to make sure that newspapers had <laughs> the revenue that they need to report on important things and make sure that the public is informed of what the government's doing and what what's going on in our democracy. Um, So that's that's a little background on Column. I'm super excited about it as a company. I ended up interning there, and I was doing some some market-sizing projects for them, just in terms of seeing how big the market was in certain locations, and having that inform resourcing decisions in terms of where Column wants to focus their sales efforts. Um, So that was kind of like a data-type project with me that I got to put some of my computer science skills to work on. yeah, that was a big thing I did. I was also working on sales a little bit there in the fall. I worked there full-time for a couple months before I ended up quitting to focus 100% on baseball. Um, that was a pretty long-winded answer. I don't know if that's <laughs> what you wanted to know about Column, but that's, that's what I got on it. Very fun. Yeah, thing. yeah.
0: No, no. That, that that was an awesome answer. I think you touched across multiple bases that, yeah, were interesting and And yes, solid to hear about. So glad you could share about that. Um, So kind of a bit hesitant to, I guess, or I feel, I guess, kind of bad about asking this since life is often dynamic and unpredictable. But sort of as of now, um, what are your aspirations and plans for the next 10 years? I guess, is it going to be all baseball? Or I guess, are you sort of playing it by ear every month, every year? Or yeah, what's kind of your plan for maybe the next few years, 10 years?
1: Yeah, I... I'm not I'm not a big 10-year planner. I'm a I'm a big believer in <laughs> and just seeing what the world looks like with where you're at and going yeah. where where your heart tells you you should go. And right now I'm I'm pretty focused on baseball. Uh, like I, I feel like I've been talking about this a lot but like keeping my head down and just focusing like one day at a time I feel like will add up to to big things. So optimally I would love to play baseball for the next 20 years of my life and retire and look back on an outstanding career and then kind of figure it it out from there um if baseball doesn't work out I'm I'm also excited about like whatever happens with my life after that I'm really interested in physics and technology and kind of the intersection of those two things I could see myself going into something in the in the technology realm um I honestly don't really know what that's going to look like but I'm I'm excited for for whatever it is once it gets here I'm sorry. That probably wasn't, wasn't the best answer.
0: (laughs) No, no, I, I agree. And I guess I at least feel like I live my life in a similar way. So yeah, I I don't think it was the best question, but I still appreciate you giving your all on the response. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, to kind of close with various miscellaneous, uh, questions. So yeah, if you were to play any sport professionally, if not baseball, what sport would you choose?
1: Ooh, hmm can i can i pick any sport or like like what what is the criteria for me picking just what i think would be the most fun
0: yes what what would be the most fun and the one that you'd enjoy the most from your prior experience probably
1: got you so i i played quarterback in high school football but that was that was pretty stressful and i don't know if i'd want (laughs) to uh have to learn all the defenses and all that it seems like a lot of work so if i were to Pick a sport. Honestly, basketball seems like a pretty fun sport. There's not that many players. They seem like they make a lot of money. Two games a year. Um, I always love playing pick-up basketball with you. So I think I'm going to go NBA. All right. NBA three, a three-point specialist. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess for reference, when I played with Hunter, I think the last team he played on was in eighth grade, and then he dabbled, I guess, a little bit in high school. But, Yeah. <laughs> Hunter is just a massive dude, was a great driver and I think mostly just has a very good basketball mindset. I think I guess especially in high school many kids are just hesitant to bang in the post get 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 aggressive down there with some of the bigger dudes, but Hunter yeah, never hesitated, always went <laughs> down there, hit the boards and yeah, it was just everything you wanted. So too bad he didn't end up playing there. Um cool. Uh, <laughs> I guess growing up and I guess even now, do you have any athletes that you especially looked up to? I know the Giants were very successful
1: during, I guess, our middle school and high school years. Yeah, I was a big fan of Buster Posey. Growing up, I used to be a catcher in baseball, and I would model my swing after him and just generally try to be like him. He, he's having a resurgence this year, which is really great to see. Um, so, yeah, Buster Posey was probably my favorite baseball player growing up. Right now, my favorite baseball player to watch is Jacob DeGrom. I think he is pitching better than any baseball pitcher has ever pitched in the history of time. And so he is an absolute pleasure to see play.
0: Mm -hmm. Cool, cool, cool. And, yeah, uh, assuming the next few years go well, there's a chance you might be out on there with them. So that would be, I guess, just an insane thing to kind of realize, I would imagine.
1: Totally. That would be a dream come true. I hope that happens.
0: Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, I guess we are pretty much at the end of the wraps, but I had one kind of story in particular that I want to share about Hunter that might kind of demonstrate and elaborate on his eccentric personality. So there's one memory, I, I brought it up to him several times afterwards, but this was in our high school Spanish class where I think the teacher asked for a credit, I guess in Spanish, has anyone ever gone to a tapa store? And then Hunter's arm shoots up, and the teacher calls him, and he goes, yeah, I've been to Tapa Hut, which is very obviously fictional, and I don't think he expected any backlash from the teacher, but she's she some she just turns on and starts grilling him meticulously. She goes like, oh, Hunter, oh, very cool. What did you get there? And then he's like, um, un Tapa con queso, or something along the lines of that. And then, yeah, just by the end of the whole ordeal, uh, his face was red, and was it was just absolutely like i I guess bamboozled that teacher went off on him like that but yeah kind of a fun memory that i remember throughout the years uh yeah
1: (laughs) yeah i got caught bluffing on that one uh not my Mm -hmm. finest moment in spanish class for sure yeah top up man
0: it'll get yeah um yeah thank you so much hunter for joining it was a super fun conversation really glad to have you on here and yeah best with your endeavors as you head out to south bend keep balling and
1: all the best Thank you, Young Sonny. It was a pleasure. Yeah, take care.